Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Okay, so how do you hear God? Okay, that's an interesting question, and that's a deep question. And that's one, you know, I think about that a lot, and we've been ha- we have conversations about that. And that's one I think a lot of people talk about because there's, there's different answers, and I think that can also be a dividing question because you hear somebody say, I heard from God, and then you go, well, I haven't so much, yeah. you know? And, and, and so you, you, can, you can feel less than, you know? Yes. And um, I just remember I was driving down the street with a friend, and this friend is, you know, very, um, you know, full of life, full of, I mean, just very um, charismatic. You know, yeah. And, and, and so she was telling me how, you know, God speaks to her and she's, she's like, everything is extreme. That's the word I was looking for, you know? Um, and, and she, and she has extreme experiences and, and they're just very, you know, profound and pronounced. And, and I remember we're driving the car and she's telling me about this amazing experience she heard from God and da, 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 da. And then she looked at me and she goes, so how do you hear from God? And I remember sitting there and in the car and I'm going, Hmm, well, I, I don't hear in the way you are, you hear. And then, you know, at first I started feeling less than, and, and then I went, you know, I hear God very quietly. And I realized that I hear him really quietly and silently. And so as I thought about that, then I realized it took me down a trail and I thought, if I don't hear from God in such a loud way, pronounced way, and I hear, I truly hear him in the silence and and very quiet in the whisper, then I need to take time to be still so I can hear him. Because if I'm so busy and going and stuff, then I will not hear from him. And so that was a challenge to me. And I I have to confess, I'm not, I'm not very good at it. I didn't, I haven't heeded my warnings all the time because I still stay so busy and I get distracted and, you know, um, I think about 20 things at one time and read five books at one time, you know, all of that. So I can't say that I always make myself still to hear God, but I, that was just kind of an aha thing going, I, I hear God in more quiet, whispery kind of ways. So um, before I keep talking too much, I just want to remind everyone that you are listening to Girlfriend at Radio with Patty White and Lisa Jernigan, where we rally you to do the remarkable through resources and relationships. And we're going to have more information about today's show and other tips and tricks on our website at girlfriendit.com. And you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Well, going back to, you made an interesting comment, Lisa, when you said it can also be divisive when you're talking to others about, hey, you know, how do you hear God? I, I don't know if you remember this. It was probably like 15 years ago. But I remember having a dream, and I felt like that was a dream from God. And talking about it with our team that we were doing ministry with at the time. And I was ecstatic about this dream and just kind of shared the dream. And and now looking back on it, it's kind of like Joseph telling his brothers. And you realize 
okay, you're an idiot. Were you golden? Were you golden in your dream? Yes. Of course you were. Sharing this dream and then having one of our teammates come up to me whose husband uh, was, you know, very ill at the time and our elders were, you know, praying over him and all, all this was going on in her life. And you were over here, like you said, in your golden moment of guess what? God told me this, you know, and this- I had the most amazing dream. Yes. I just feel so loved. And, and then they're going, okay, God's not, God's completely ignoring me. I'm not hearing anything from God. And I just want, you know, my husband to be healed. And you just realize you, you have to be careful and have the discernment when you are, like you said, for some people it's extreme. And to be honest with you, now I look back on that and that I don't really know if that was from God. I don't know if that was just me being, you know, me being so excited, but yet the fact that I thought it was from God was still cool to me. So it doesn't really matter one way or the other. I just know that from now on you're, you have to be aware of the audience that you're, you're talking to and how is this going to be heard is this going to inspire others in their relationship with Christ or is this going to be a divisive situation? But I just recently had a friend say it again to me that, you know, what do you do when you feel like God's ignoring you and you're basically begging God to show up and you feel like everybody around you is going, Oh God just whispered to me this morning and I'm going on this mission trip or I'm going here and I'm doing these great adventures with God. I'm joining God in this awesome ministry. And she said, I just feel like, you know, you're the Israelites walking in the desert for 40 years and you're in this time of complete silence. And I think we've all felt that way mm-hmm. where we just hate the silence of God and yet to know that God does some of his best work in the quiet. Mm-hmm. Like you said, when you're just that still small voice that's, that's coming through, that it's not always this grandiose, you know, writing on the wall, even though we beg for the writing on the wall. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a few tips for our listeners. I, I know um, believe me, I, I definitely don't have it all figured out, but I, I hear people going, you know, I'm just, I see God blessing others financially. And yet I, I'm over here struggling to make, you know, a car payment or whatever. And you do have to look into what scripture has to say. And there's all kinds of verses on, you know, first of all, you have to be a good steward. If you want to be blessed financially, and that doesn't mean, oh, I'm a good steward in that way. Therefore, that's what I'm going to produce. I'm going to, you know, God's going to bless me financially. But he does make things clear on how he is going to answer you. There are a few requirements, don't you think, for those blessings and how. But yet that gets complicated because I know I've shared with you. Sometimes you feel like, is God not talking to me because I'm being disciplined? Well, and I think what you're, you're making a good point here when you're talking about some of these things, I think one significant way that we hear from God, we, we, we want the audible sound, the voice, because then there's, you know, no, you know, no confusion about, I just heard from God, or we want the letter, you know, written, or we want some sign. And we're always, we want, you know, kind of the miraculous all the time. 
which is not bad, but it's like, that's not everyday life. And I think one way, significant way, God, that we can hear God, and he speaks to us is through the scriptures, through his word, like what you're saying. It's like, become familiar and know, know the heart of God and let him speak to you through his word. And I think a lot of times we go, yeah, but, you know, that's not as sensational <laughs> as so-and-so who just got this, you know, had this great dream, you know, I don't get those great dreams. And, and I think we compare how we're hearing from God and, and, and we can't do that because each one of us has our own unique personal relationship with God that's very personal. And God speaks to each one of us in, in our own way, how we're wired and how he created us to be with him. And, but I love how you're, you know, how you're saying you know, it's through scripture, you know, and that's what you're saying, which is, which is so, it's great. If we just take time to read and to let it sink into us, we will hear from God. Yes. And, and he uses people. The, mm-hmm. the relationships that, that you're in. And I know um, one time you and I, we were out to dinner with a gal who, uh, I believe it was Ian, anyway, S- Susie, I can't think of her last name, but she talked about the basement and balcony friends. Yeah. And and I love that. You know, you have your, your basement friends that suck you dry, that you should be, you know, kind of pouring into them. And then you have your balcony friends that are chiseling you, uh, and, you know, giving you the scripture as, as, as needed and really pouring into you where you can trust what they're going to say that, you know, God's using them, um, to speak into you uh, as well. And I, I think so many times it's, it's hard because we want God to answer on our timeline mm-hmm. and to realize God is eternal. And so you, you think of Abraham with, when God said, I'll give you a child. And yet that promise didn't happen for, for 25 years. And I know you and I always talk about that grabbing the maidservant. Cause when we pray, we want it instantly. So then we tr- try to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And I know f- for me, especially with my children, I ask this for specific things with my children. And yet I have to reevaluate and go, okay, I want these things, but how much are you really surrendering it over to the Lord? Because without that complete surrender, uh, I, I think it's, it's difficult to get those specific things. I don't think I, I said that. You, you take my words and tweak it to what I meant to say there. <laughs> I think you did great. I think it is all about you know, surrendering. And, and, and I think we have to do our part. Sometimes we just go, I just want to do nothing and I want to hear from God and get these amazing, um, you know, blessings and a golden moments from God. And yet we don't really want to do the hard part. And, and it is, it's about, you know, surrounding ourselves with a community of people that, that speak truth into us in respectful ways and, and really, you know, make, making sure we're spending time just it, and hearing God's heartbeat through the scripture. And then just, you know, sitting still and listening sometimes as hard as that is, because I know when I, when I, I go, okay, I'm going to just be still and listen. And I know I'm getting ready to go out of the country, you know, tomorrow. And I've been trying to like create space to just be still and just kind of breathe and take it in before you're about ready to experience something really significant. And it's so hard because immediately my mind starts racing with, I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to call that person. I got to make sure that my checklist just starts, you know, and, and instead of being really still listening to God, that is such a discipline. And, and it, and I think it takes practice and being still, but I have discovered that God really 
sometimes he screams in the silence if we're listening. And mm -hmm. it's not in that audible. It's not in those, you know, it's not in traditional ways. And I love how God works so much out of the box. And I think he even works out of the box in that way for those that dare to listen and to sit in the silence and in those sacred places, which is hard. Well, speaking of being still, we're going to have to take a break. We're going to pause. We're going to breathe. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to we're going to have our first guest talking with us about kind of continuing this conversation and talking about just kind of living with peace and, and, and integrating that. We'll be right back on Girlfriend at Radio. This is Girlfriend on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. My husband and I were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Have you ever considered dancing your way to fitness? It may be time for you to find innovative things to add to your fitness program. Variety is always good, not only for your body, but also for your mind. I want to encourage you to add aerobic dance to your exercise routine. Dancing has become so popular because of television shows like Dancing with the Stars. Aerobic dance classes get your heart rate up and sustains it while you work almost every muscle in your body. It allows you to let go and to release any stress that you're carrying while you get a fun and energetic workout. You don't need to be coordinated or a great dancer. Just step into a class or rent a DVD and let loose. Aerobic dance is a wonderful form of cardio exercise and a fun way to get in shape. I'm Annette Hammond. If you're a fan of Fitness Minute, like us on Facebook. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Joining us now is our special guest, Katie Orr, and she is the creator of Focus 15 Bible Study Approach. Katie is passionate about equipping women to talk with God for a lifetime, an enthusiastic and dedicated teacher and speaker. She is a prolific blogger and has blogged for well-known groups. She's also a former crew, which is Campus Crusade for Christ staff member and mother to three young ch children and is married to her pastor husband, Chris. So welcome, Katie, onto the show. How are you today? Good. Thanks for having me. Yes, we are excited to hear about your um, Focused 15 Bible Study approach. 
And I was I was just sharing with Lisa uh, as I was going through your peace book on um, it. It kind of gave me the feel of a little bit of um, a precepts concept. So it made me think. Had you gone through precepts? Is that the way, like what, what all of a sudden inspired you to go with this methodology? Yeah, uh, well, it was a lot of my own experience of um, learning how to do Bible study through Campus Crusade as a young adult and really it opening up so much uh, in my relationship with God of being able to confidently go to God's Word and see what was there on my own. And they, I didn't know they were called such a thing at the time, but they were teaching me inductive Bible study methods. They were teaching me ways to go to God's Word and ask good questions. And then later on, I did do a K. Arthur study. I had never done the precept studies in a group. I would love to do that one day. But I did pick up her book that goes through the first five books of the Old Testament. And that was really just continued that transformation that God was doing in my own heart of realizing that I can go to God's Word. I don't have to be a seminary student. I don't have to be a pastor. I don't have to be a super Christian. I can go to God's Word and hear from Him on my own, just learning a couple of tools. But then over time, as my as my life transitioned from single woman with lots of time on my hands to married woman and then um, having three kids, then suddenly I felt like, you know what, I have a lot of tools to go to God's Word, but I don't have the time and the brain capacity, <laughs> or I felt like I didn't. And so yeah. really that's how the Focus 15 method was born, was my own experience, but also discipling hundreds of women that were feeling the same way. And so that's kind of where it was birthed out of, and it's something that's evolved, you know, over probably a decade of ministry. Was there a time in your life when you thought, okay, I am I am hearing from God, like, you know how you finally get to that point where you realize I'm not just doing this walk because it's what my parents had me do. I'm just mm-hmm. going to church because that's what I'm supposed to do. And this is called Christianity. Was there actually a time that you can remember where you thought, oh, wow, I, I have a relationship here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I vividly remember the first time that the words on the page of the Bible jumped up as if they were like speaking directly to me. And it was in high school and I, the Bible was a textbook for me. I grew up in Christian school and I'm I'm thankful for a lot of what I learned and it certainly has returned to me later on. But at the time it was just another way to get an A, you know, it was just another way to, to um, learn something to pass a test. And I just felt a drawn, like I was, I was sad, I was emotional, and I just felt like I, I need to open the Bible. And I opened it up randomly, and I, I read in the psalm where it said, Why are you so downcast, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Put your hope in God, for you will praise him again. And it was like, I don't even think I, I know I didn't know, understand the context. I didn't understand any of that, but it was like God had written those words for me. And that mm-hmm. began um, a hunger inside of me to realize this is not just this black and white. These are just, not just words on a page and a book in my locker. There is life here. And God is personal, and he's trying to talk to me, and I'm not listening, you know. And, and that began, that really was the first time. And then, you know, there's been certainly lots of other times um, that, you know, you just feel like the, the, 
the passage was written just for you, and it applies to your situation perfectly. Mm. Well, you I know, I think it's really hard when you are involved, like you were involved with Campus Crusade, and you, we get so involved with ministry and the busyness of doing ministry, but we don't take time to receive it personally because we're mm-hmm. so busy giving it out and we're doing yeah. the, the work of it, but we're not doing the receiving of it. And I think it's really easy as you get going, you, you can, you can um, you're, you're great if we can advise other people or guide other people. But then when we find ourselves in that place of, I need to receive, I'm, I'm a little dry here, or I'm not hearing for God, from God, or there's some silence. It, that's hard to go. Now, how do I receive? So how do you, like, even through this process of writing this and thinking through, how did you have that where it's like, I need to receive first before I can truly give it out in a, even in a more significant way, instead of just being busy with ministry? Yeah, yeah. Well, all of ministry really is, in, oh, it should be, anyway, I get caught up to where I'm not always in that place, but really true authentic ministry is an overflow of what God is speaking to us always. You know, you think of worship from worship leaders to pastors to Bible teachers to evangelists to, you know, just helping at the soup kitchen. Everything that we do should be an overflow of God's work in us, not my work for God. Um, And we have work to do, of course, but it, it really must be an overflow. But I think I had to start first managing my expectations of coming to the Word, because I think when I was coming to the Word saying, I need something now, God, (laughs) I mean, I probably wouldn't have said it in those words, but that was kind of my heart, like, I need to receive now, and I need to receive in a big way, and I think I thought everybody else was going to the Bible and was having these, like, hallelujah moments every time they were sitting down in front of the Bible, and that, especially early on, that really kept me from going back, because I felt like I was doing it wrong, that I wasn't hearing something right away but really that this receiving like you're talking about it it is sometimes we get five minutes here and ten minutes there and other days we can get a bit longer but then all of that all of a sudden it's like it's like kindling to a fire you know sometimes we put a little twig and sometimes we put a little bit of fuzz and sometimes we put just little dry leaf and then one day all of that little bitty work comes up into something that the holy spirit comes in and says here you go, this is what it means, or here you go, and then we receive something that, you know, just a, 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 a I don't want to make it sound all emotional or experiential, but, you know, you have those light bulb moments in, in God's Word, but they often don't come um, having never read the Bible before. It's usually work to be done, and then it's just like all of a sudden it catches fire, and you get it. Um, and, and I think even... I mean, just every, it's, it's a constant um, discipline and a constant continuing to go to receive and realizing we may not see the fruit of what we're receiving for weeks or months or even years. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big, uh, that's a big thing. Cause like we live in that instant gratification. And so we yes. want results now and we want significant yeah. results now. And so if yeah. we're not getting them, then we think something's wrong and then we can easily stop doing, you know, like I'm mm-hmm. not going to do this anymore. Yeah. I'm not going to read this anymore because yeah. obviously it's not working. And so we, we measure that. And I think that's a, that's a rut we get into. And that's like, we have to have a paradigm shift to go, you know, that's not how this works. We want to, we want to dictate how God works with us and, and yeah. put them on that timeline. But it's easy though. Then it, as you get into that place and you're like, this is not really working. I'm not really hearing and all that. And then we start giving from a place of dryness 
and and we mm-hmm. can put on the map and you see that a lot in ministry it's like people are you know they're giving from a place that they that it's it's a dry well but people don't know it you know yeah. and yeah. I think that's where it, it, we need that self awareness to go am am i dry am i giving from myself or am i giving from god you know, yeah. from that place. And it's easy because life just happens and we get so busy. And like you said, it's mm-hmm. a discipline to come back and go, I need to get this right before I take, take care of all this other stuff that we do. Yeah. I think Psalm 1 is a beautiful picture of the type of growth that I think is we can set our expectation for. I think there's certainly those times like me for that very first time that God spoke to me. And I think that's just what he needed to do to get my attention, you know? And it wasn't like an audible voice or anything. It was just this feeling of, wow, there's something more here than just, like I said, words on a page. It was enough to intrigue me and to begin my personal journey of Bible study. That was God drawing me in. But, you know, I can probably only count on my fingers and toes the times that have been so vivid and specific like that. Um, You know, over... 20 years now of, of Bible study. And so really it's, um, I think that the picture in Psalm 1 is that we're a tree. And, yeah, maybe at first, like, that sprout comes out really quickly. But then, you know, like when you look back at old pictures of your house and you see the tree that you've been looking at every single day five years ago, and you're like, oh, my gosh, look how little that tree was. But over those five years, did you, did you notice that it was growing? You know, most of the time we don't. And I, I think that that's more of the expectation of our growth is often slow but steady and not always these fast and furious spurts of growth. And we expect that, like you said, in, the, in our um, instant gratification culture. Mm-hmm. Well, and then if we don't get the results we're looking for, if it doesn't happen quickly and if it doesn't happen on a large scale, then we, we lose interest, like I said earlier, mm-hmm. and we move on to something else. And we're like, well, that didn't work. And yeah. instead of looking at it as a discipline, it's 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 not about that. It's seeing it through and it's staying the course and not having to have mm-hmm. those highs to sustain us. You know, it's like I kept, Patty and I always joke because she loves the exercise and 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 I think she's wired more. She loves the adrenaline rush. And when she, um, you know, when she works out and does stuff, it really does. She has that you know release. Well, when I work out, my temperament is a little more laid back. I don't get that that rush and that you know, that whatever endorphin release. And so it, to me, it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm doing it, but I don't feel this significant, like, wow, that was so great where she does. And I, so it's hard for me to keep maintaining it because I'm not getting that. Well, this feels really great at the end where she is. And we joke about that because, you know, it's, it's just a difference on that. And you have just learned, I think a lot of it is learning who we are and learning how, how God relates to us and, and what does our own kind of like spiritual journey path look like? And it doesn't look like the person next to us and it doesn't look like other people. And we have to say the course and go, but this is mine. And this what what it looks like. Well, we're going to have to take a quick break here. Um, the great conversation, because I think we all can relate to a lot of these moments and, and our journey with God, but we're gonna take a quick break. We're listening to girlfriend at radio and we're going to be right back.
This is Girlfriended on Toginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90 plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a one of a kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. The National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute defines high cholesterol as a condition in which you have too much cholesterol in your blood. By itself, the condition usually has no signs or symptoms. People who have high blood cholesterol have a greater chance of getting coronary artery disease. According to the American Heart Association, more than 120 million Americans over the age of 20 have cholesterol counts that are above a healthy level. Harvard Medical School says that the good news is that cholesterol levels can be controlled, and just by lowering your total cholesterol 10%, you can decrease your heart attack risk by 20 to 30%. Making changes in your eating is important, but including daily exercise is a must. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Visit our Facebook fan page at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back. We are chatting with Katie Orr. She's the creator of Focus 15 Bible Study Approach. And Katie is passionate about equipping women to walk with God for a lifetime. And Katie, I, I love that because so many times, I know for me, just like when Lisa was talking about, uh, you know, working out, we get on these kicks where it's like, okay, this is my, you know, I am going to, in January, start doing this, you know, particular program, going through the Bible, and then all of a sudden you realize, oh, I'm not a week behind. I am two weeks <laughs> behind. <laughs> to truly be passionate where you, it's not just a check mark off of your, hey, mm-hmm. I'm going to have 15 minutes with God. It's a lifetime. Mm-hmm. It's where you're craving that time with Jesus. When you don't get that, you really feel that that huge void. And uh, I, I just love how that is your passion. And you, you said a few things. What's, what's horrible about radio is that I'm a very, like, rude person, and I want to talk over everyone. And when you have to be polite and actually let you and Lisa have a conversation, I was like, no, I want to talk now. <laughs> so I'm going to interrupt. When did you start being nice? I thought I thought. I didn't know that you, wow. Exactly. The part when I'm kissing. I like it when you interrupt. (laughs) It's like Lisa always gets this kick, like, it's my turn, my turn. Okay, Mm -hmm. so I want to go back. When you said you opened up scripture randomly, and and I love that. I love that you shared that because I've actually heard people say, 
That is not how God works. And it, it bothers me when we can put God in a box. Cause I remember Lisa and I, one time we were talking to a gal who was a former stripper and she went to go see Lion King with a friend of hers and she was high on meth and she was sitting there during Lion King, not a believer. And mm-hmm. she felt in that time when, um, you know, Mu- what's his name? Mufasa? What's his, what's uh-huh. his sim- Yeah, Mufasa? Yeah. Which and one, he's the father saying, or the son? <laughs> the, the father is, is saying to Simba, like, who are you? And she, mm-hmm. it was that, you know, literally vibrating in her chest in the theater. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she felt like, okay, God was sitting there going, who are you? Like, you mm-hmm. are mine. And I love when she was sharing that story with tears in her eyes, that it was a Lion King moment when God talked to her. And so, you know, sometimes it is opening up the Bible randomly or sitting and watching Mm -hmm. Lion King where God will have that moment with you. And Mm -hmm. it's the beginning and you're the visual of that tree, how that sprout happens quickly, where Mm -hmm. he gets tension. And then, yeah, you start going on this journey with God. And sometimes that journey, you might be, you know, you might be in the desert in that place in between Mm -hmm. wandering and Mm -hmm. waiting, but God is doing incredible things um, during that time. So anyway, I I just love that. And I I love the visual of, of what you were saying there. I, uh, I wanted you to tell us a little bit because we get so caught up in um, talking that I don't want to miss uh, how we can get your book and where we can find out more about you. Because this, this book, it was just released when? In September, early September. Yeah. Okay. Everyday Peace. And it is um, one of four that are out that use the Focus 15 method. There's a fifth coming out in May that will be Everyday Obedience. And so there's no order that you have to do these in. They're all four-week studies, and they're designed to be done in as little as 15 minutes a day. And so really what we're looking at, I think we get caught up often as women in one perfectionism, feeling like it's all or nothing, you know, like the the reading plan that we're two weeks behind, then all of a sudden we feel like, you know, there's no way we can catch up, so I'm just going to quit. So really trying to train women how to look at quality Bible study over quantity. Now, I think any time in God's Word is good. Just like we talked about, yes, I, you know, I'm not all for the flipping all the time, you know, just flipping into the Bible. Does God speak that way? Absolutely. But when we read it systematically, um, there's a lot more that we can learn because it's just like any other thing. Just like you're not going to go to Netflix and start watching. If you've never seen Downton Abbey, you're not going to go to season three, episode four, right? You're not going to know what's going on. So yeah. there, we, we need to... Um, go on on an approach of understanding things in context and so i my book is a training tool all all these bible studies are training tools and my hope is that after you've been through one maybe two maybe three depending on your bible study background that you'll feel confident enough to not have to have a bible study anymore and you can go to the god's word for yourself but each study does focus on a um a small passage of scripture and we go over it for four weeks the first week is typically a context week so we understand like in everyday life we study first corinthians 13 super popular passage most people have seen it on a t-shirt or a wall hanging or a coffee mug um 
love is patient, love is kind, you know, on and on. Most of us do not understand the context of what was going on, that it was in the midst of a church that was bickering and fighting over who is best. And they wrote a letter to Paul saying, okay, I've got this spiritual gift, and I've got this. He's got his spiritual gift. Which is better, Paul? And he's answering the question, uh, trying to answer the question of who's better with saying, you know what? It's good to have a gift, and you need to use your gifts, but you need to pursue love. You know, and so we really dive into that understanding the context first, and then the next three weeks we spend three weeks in just thirteen verses and learning how to peel back different layers. And the way we do that is by taking those thirteen verses, then we we take it into just three or four a week, and we look at the same verses for five days in a row. And, and kind of going back to it. And so instead of kind of going in there and going, yep, I know this, let's move on, we go and we peel back more and more and see how deep we can go instead of how fast we can get through it. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That, and I think we're, we, so many of us are wired to like, we got to, you know, it's like we got to get all this done. You know, it's like mm-hmm. instead of just focusing on a little and really going mm-hmm. into the little, mm-hmm. um, we want to mm-hmm. do a I want to read the whole book. I want to get that whole done in my checkoff list. And so I think there's something really significant about just diving in and listening, really listening into Mm -hmm. it deeper. And what is the truth in there that I can take and and apply? Okay. So your last one uh, you said in September was about peace. Um, What, what about that? Like, how did you decide I want to do this one on peace and what are you wanting women? What is significant about peace to you? Yeah. Well, this, um, this, Everyday Peace goes through Philippians 4, 1 through 13. And so there are several verses in there that also are very popular and often taken out of context. But he um, starts out by, there's three things that he hits on in there. And we take each of those things, um, you know, one per week. And the first is he tells us how to have peace amidst relational discord and you got these two women that were fighting we don't know what was going on but he says agree in the lord so we we look at what does it mean to agree in the lord and there's not only okay if you're the one having the problem how do we get to this place of agreeing in the lord but also he tells the the companions that are around them to help these women and it's really interesting that help word has this idea of impregnating (laughs) so you know as we think about what am i okay as women we're so bad at this you know person a and person b they're having a problem and they come to me and they're saying well she did this and she did that and she did that okay what am i impregnating into the situation what am i breathing into this this argument am i bringing breathing in um continuing discord like you're right that was stupid that she did that. I can't believe she did that. You need to ignore her, you know. Or am I saying, you know, that's frustrating. I, you know, the Bible, I, I think, I don't know, you don't necessarily want to say the Bible this. It just depends on your, your, you know, your relationship with that person. But, you know, I wonder how she's feeling about this. Maybe she had a bad day. You know, helping women, helping each other to to see how we can agree in the Lord. And so there's two there's two implications there in that passage of when we're in the middle of the of the relational discord and we're on the outside looking in, how do we help other women get um, get towards uh, reconciliation? Um, the next section is is looking at um, anxiety. You know, do not be anxious about anything. So how do we have peace amidst 
you know, stressful situations, because stress is inevitable, but anxiety is a choice, whether or not we give into anxiety. So we look at that as well. And then the third week, we look at peace amidst any circumstance. And that's where we have this really another popular verse that um, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Sorry, girls, it's not a fitness verse, you know? <laughs> like, it's not that I can, I can, you know, I see that all the time on, on, on fitness t-shirts and all that, and, and that's not bad or, or, or sinful or anything. But the, the context here is I have had plenty and I've had hunger. I've been in abundance and I have been in need. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I've learned the secret of being content. I can do all things through him who strengthens me, you know? So how do we have contentment and, and experience the peace of God, even when our life is upside down, uh, even when maybe it's not upside down, but it's just not where we want it to be. Um, mm-hmm. So that's really what we dive into. It's very, very practical, I think, to a lot of things that all of us deal with. Well, you know, the, the part you, um, there's, there's so many things you resonate that's so timely right now, but how do we agree in the Lord? And, and you're seeing right now just in our, the climate and our, you know, our political mm-hmm. culture and just people, um, you're seeing just some venom coming out and not yeah. agreeing in the Lord. It's like, how do we, how do we come to that place where we can agree to disagree and do it respectfully and, and not mm-hmm. create division and, and animosity, but create still that, that place as a peace where I can have, this is a safe place to have a dialogue and I don't have to agree with you. Those are great places yeah. because then you, your challenge It's like, when do we stop learning? And it's like, yeah. I'm, I'm putting ourselves in places where I might not agree with somebody else, but what can I learn from this? What, what might God be yeah. teaching me through this? And instead of going, I'm right, I'm always right. And, and, and from that place, I got to prove that I'm right. That doesn't create peace for anybody, and it doesn't create peace mm-hmm. inside of us. It, cr- it creates even yeah. that angst inside of us because we're not at peace, um, and I think it says a lot about us, but I think these are really great um, practical tips on how do we really you know, live with peace, and it starts with a personal peace that we, from that place that we can give, but it's, it's so much more than that. It's like how do we have that relational peace with each other and agreeing in yeah. the Lord I mean, we could talk and talk about that because that really is significant. That's how people view God is how they view us. We're going to have to take a really quick break. We're going to be right back talking more about this piece. This is Girlfriended on Toginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I have always wanted to plant a new church. After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. 
For more information, go to stadia.cc. not, there are times when even I can't think of the right word. The inability to think of a word is called lethologica. Texas Monthly Magazine recently came out with some colorful homespun sayings. Old as dirt and common as cornbread in the Lone Star State. Did you hear about the Texan that could strut sitting down? But he was all hat and no cattle, which means very boastful, but with nothing about which to boast. On top of that, he don't know a widget from a wangdoodle or a diddly squat. His wife was a mighty strong woman. She'd charge hell with a bucket of ice water. She was always telling folks that he was so tight, he could squeeze a nickel till the buffalo screamed. She also said he was famous for calling the hogs all night or snoring. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my new app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back. We have been chatting with Katie Orr about her new book, uh, Peace, and she's the creator of the Focus 15 Bible Study Approach. And Katie, thank you. I just love your enthusiasm. I know you're also a speaker and a blogger where people can find you um, under Katie Orr, O-R-R. But I, I want to get back to, in our last segment, we were talking about anxiety. And you said something, and I guess I just never thought of it because everything is a choice. But when you said mm-hmm. anxiety is a choice, um, I, I almost like, kind of paused there and thought, wow, you know, I, is it Popeye that says them are fighting words? <laughs> I don't know. I, I think <laughs> there's got to be some listeners out there that you're, um, you know, making their hair kind of stand up because so many times we don't see anxiety as a choice. And especially mm-hmm. right now with pharmaceutical sales are skyrocketing because mm-hmm. of there's so much medication out there for anxiety mm-hmm. and uh, just this, you know, feeling of being overwhelmed and especially in women, it seems like that is the target market where to even, you know, get up and go to work, they get into the fetal mm-hmm. position with anxiety of all the things that are happening. And that's why I think this is, you know, I love that you put this book out on just being still in that piece, but go, I want you to go into more, like, do you get a lot of pushback on when you say anxiety is a choice? Yeah, I haven't yet. Um, but you know, I think we have to be careful how we define anxiety, of course, you know, but looking at it really at, um, now I'll make a disclaimer. I have struggled with depression. I have been on medication for depression. I have not struggled with anxiety and depression, like, you know, they seem to come hand in hand a lot of times. Um, so I am not talking about a physical thing that we cannot control that is hormonal or, you know, more physical or chemical in nature. And there are things that go on. And I am not opposed to meds. But I think often we as women want to go to the quick fix and not pay attention to, okay, stress is inevitable. And so I probably, yes, but I also need to not put myself in a bunch of stress. So I may need to make some decisions that um, 
puts me in less stressful situations, say no to some things, you know, there's some really practical things. That's not what I'm talking more about the spiritual aspect of our anxiety. When we let our thoughts run wild and you know, the, the overarching command in this Philippians four passage starts in verse one and he says, therefore my brothers who I'm love and long for my joy and crown stand firm thus in the Lord. And this really speaks to all of these things, relational discord, discontentment, and anxiety, that so many of us are not standing firm in the Lord in, in two, way, two ways. One, we don't know who God is, really. You know, our view of God is so small that when stress comes along, we give in to anxiety instead of choosing to believe, you know what, God knows this is going, God knows that this is going on. God knows that I just had a flat tire and I'm barely paying the bill. God knows you know, fill in the blank, whatever your circumstance is. Just that alone, to remember that God sees me in this moment, can help stop anxiety in his tracks. Mm. A lot mm-hmm. of times. You know, just even right there, just really understanding God knows, God sees, God cares, God puts my tears in a bottle. God is in control over this election. Either way, you know, like we get so ang- anxious because we let our mind run wild with all the what ifs and the how is this going to work and I don't know what to do and all that. But God is so big and he is so personal and caring that if we would remind ourselves that over and over and over again of who God is, and maybe some of us don't really know who God is, and that's why we need to go to his word even more. But oftentimes I think our anxiety and also our hopelessness, which I hit on on my everyday hope study, hopelessness really is forgetfulness. When we get to a hopeless place, we forget that God is good, that he is with us, that we have hope, like a secure hope. If we are in Christ, it does not go away. But our experience of hope can change by whether, by how, how well we are standing firm in who God is and how well we are holding fast, Hebrews tells us, to hold fast to the hope that we have in the gospel. Um, I think of it like water skiing, if anybody's water skiers. Um, you know, you want to have really, uh, or, or inner tubers or whatever, you know, if the, if the boat goes fast and then slows down and you get slack in that line and then the, the boat goes fast again, I mean, it's a jerky ride. And just like with water skiing, that when you're, when you're skiing, you have to keep that, that rope tight or else you're going to be jerked all over the place. And we have to be continually drawing near to the presence of God and keeping that rope, our connection to Him that is forever forever and cannot be taken away but we often feel hopeless or we feel like we have to give in to anxiety because we forget that god has got it god god is with us you know and i think we also forget who god says we are that we are cherished we are loved i mean we could go on and on and so we need to fight anxiety with truth and really our experience of the peace of god that is, that he has promised us uh, oftentimes is we give in to anxiety. We choose anxiety instead of choosing to believe what God says about himself and what he says about me in his word. Mm. And it's so well said. And I, and I like that hopelessness is forgetfulness that um, mm. you just, yeah, we're forgetting his and promise. And it goes to anxiety what, too. You know, again, putting aside hormonal issue you know whatever i mean there's i feel like i gotta say that with an asterisk you know um but i think we need to do both i think i think if we're stuck in that anxiety because there are physical things going on with 
adrenaline and all that. Some of us, we become addicted to anxiety and we become addicted to freaking out, you know? So we need to fight it physically, but we need to fight it spiritually too. Mm-hmm. These are, I mean, I don't think it's, it's all, it goes back to how you're framing it, you know? And I think sometimes we just, we go, anxiety is inevitable and anxiety is everywhere. And so it's just like, all right, I have anxiety instead of realizing and really going, I don't have to live this way. I'm not created to live this way. And Mm -hmm. maybe I am a little addicted to it. And then it goes back to really believing the truth that God says and, and stepping back and seeing the bigger picture. And, you know, that's kind of like, even in the midst of all of what's going on right now, um, you know, it's telling people just step back. Um, God, God's got this one. This is not a surprise to him. And how do we, you know, there's a bigger picture at work and there's a kingdom Mm -hmm. mindset. And how do we step back and see the kingdom and not just our little corners of the world? And that, it changes. It changes everything. Yeah. If we would just take time to do that and then to breathe, you know, (laughs) part of that, just to take a breathe. Well, I mean, Philippians 4, it's it's a... (laughs) Yeah. yeah, and when we look at the passage, it's a dual. It's it's a command that looks like two commands, but it's one. It's one command. It says, "Do not be anxious, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God." So, if we're giving into anxiety, it's because we are not bringing our requests to God, and we're not with thanksgiving. You know, like our default is not prayer. Our default is freaking out. You know, our default is complaining. Our de- you know, fill it out, fill out, fill in the blank. But so often our default is not, okay, God, I'm not, I don't know what to do. Help me. You know, I mean, just small little prayers like that. They don't have to be these grandiose words. Sometimes it's just a help, help, you know. But our, mm-hmm. our default, we need to switch our default to prayer. And, and another passage that's really parallel to this, and we, we go through this in the study, is Matthew 6. And he says the same thing. Do not be anxious about your life about what you eat or what you drink. And what does he say? He goes, look at the birds of the air. They don't do anything, and yet God feeds them. You know, what about the grass of the field, which it's today and then gone tomorrow? Like, and he and he closed them. He closed the grass, the, the, the lilies of the field, like, in splendor. Don't you think God cares more about you than he does about the grass and the birds? And then, of course, cast all your anxiety on him because... He cares for you. And I think that therein lies often why we don't cast our cares on God, because we think he is upset with us. We think he is um, distant. We think he's not near, or we think he's just too big and too busy to think about us, you know, but he cares about us. I think we fear the plan B because we, as, as we get older, too, it's like, okay, God, I want to be obedient. I want to say yes to you, and I want to completely surrender. I, I want to cast my cares on you. And, and you try to be thankful and, and all these things, but you've seen what could happen, and it n- might not be your plan A. And so I think mm-hmm. we, we want to say I surrender it, and it's easy to talk about it. But when we truly go back to applying it, Like Lisa and I were just laughing. There was a time where we were, uh, you know, Matthew 18 and how we should go about, you know, um, in conflict. And yet, even though you're doing this study, you're having people not applying it. And so it's right Mm -hmm. there. And you're like, wait, didn't we just do this Bible study? (laughs) 
And and yeah, mm-hmm. you know, we'll, we'll get off of the show and then you'll have a phone call or your child will say something or, you know, your friend is saying pray, you know, for her cancer and you get back into that being anxious again. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I think the bottom line, because we're getting ready here, just a couple minutes to, to go off the air, is if we are, like you said, anxiety is a choice. If we are spending that time in God's word and with those mm-hmm. friends coming into us and in that prayer time, yeah, even though we might have these chemical imbalances going on and the hormonal whatever, we can choose to go, okay, God, I need to let you be. I need to mm-hmm. have you use me and and move forward with that. So we, we just have a minute till we are off the show. Is there anything you'd like to say, Katie, just as a tip to our listeners in, in just having peace? Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, often we want to, to measure our spiritual growth in the things that we do or don't do. And I think a better indicator of our spiritual growth is our view of God. And that instead of out there trying to get out there and be, I'm going to go be more peaceful, I'm going to be, be more hopeful, we need to go know God better. And as, as our view of God grows, our actions will change, our attitudes will change, and these things will we'll see transformation because he's the one doing it in us. Absolutely. Well, it's so well said. Thank you. This has been just a great conversation. Hopefully, you know, I think we've all walked away challenged a little bit and, and just becoming more self-aware of, when we're stepping into that anxiety box and then what we really need to do and to kind of recalibrate and regroup. Thanks for joining mm-hmm. our show today. You've been listening to Girlfriend at Thanks Radio with Patty and Lisa. Until next time, have a great day. Bye. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriended, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the 